You've discovered TalkZone.com. TalkZone.com. The best in Internet talk radio. And we're back for a second half hour of your competitive advantage. Once again, I'm your host, Tom Tubergen. And continuing with us for this half hour is Ken Pash. Ken is an expert at successfully training business owners and executives in effective leadership skills. Isn't leadership defined as knowing where you are now, identifying where you're going to go be at a year from now, and then charting the pathway from here to there? There's only one There's one piece that I would change. There's actually a, a piece of our, it's the third piece in our seminar series. We call it pride. It's a diagram, leading with pride. And one of the basic components of that is knowing not only where you are, but where all your people are. Because one of the problems that we get into is there's a thing called the curse of knowledge that we believe that we are here so everybody else is too. Well, oftentimes we, the leader, hopefully, are far ahead of most other people in terms of their ability to be visionary. And so we've got to understand that we've got to understand where we are and those that are working with us because that all fits into that piece. Then we do have to decide. Now, I wouldn't take the goal out a year. I would take it out significantly longer than that, maybe five, ten years maybe. But I would have a subset of that and say, okay, where do we want to be in a year? The ultimate goal is maybe five, ten years out, but where do we want to be in a year in order that we can get to that long-range goal? Because when we're communicating with our people, most people can't see five, ten years out, but the leader must. And so the leader would probably communicate where we want to be in a year, like you say. The one thing I would take exception to is I don't like that one piece of the path. I don't think that's for me to decide. I think if I'm hiring these people and I think they're good people, I'm telling them, okay, here's where I think we are. And we usually get good input from them on that as well. Then the leader says, here's where we're going to be in a year, and then sets the boundaries, because there has to be some boundaries given on you know, the amount of resources we can consume and the amount of time for this to be done and some other parameters that are given, whatever they are. But I think the path should typically be defined by the people in our organization, because I think where we get too little creativity from our people is we tell them exactly how to get from point A to point B. We can give them some guidelines, and we can give them all the help they need, but to tell them how to get from A to B, I think, limits their creativity. I don't know that I would want to much specify every detail of how you get from right. A to B as much as, you know, you were talking about one of the symptoms of a bad leader being, you know, we're shifting directions on an hourly basis around here, whereas a leader's got a real good idea where he's going, where he wants to be a year from now, five years from now, ten years from now, and he is just single focused on reaching, you know, towards that goal, right. which is considerably past this week's payroll or the first of the month uh, rent payment, lease payment on our facility. Um, So I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, you know, the first key component is to know where you're going. What are you trying to achieve? Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and like you say, though, 
you got to know where you're starting from because too many people just look at the goal and they don't figure out where they're starting from, and then they have no ability to set those boundaries to figure out what's it going to take? What do I really believe it's going to take to get us from here to there? And my time that I that I was a leader, uh, right now I run my company, but uh, that's just a very small number of people. I used to run companies with very large numbers of people, and my whole impression has been, like you're talking about those leaders that are just you know, managing day to day, just getting through, my gosh, I'm dying out here. One of the reasons is they don't trust their people to do certain things for them. And when I give away, you know, people call it delegation, they call it empowerment, Man, pick the buzzword of the week, I don't care. But when they don't give their people that opportunity to make those decisions, to help get the organization from where we are to where we're going, the leader has no ability to focus on the future because they're always into the day to day. And so I typically believe that it's my people's responsibility to do the, most of the day-to-day. It's my responsibility to make sure they're doing it and make sure they're doing it efficiently and effectively, but let them do their job. One of the great uh, little expressions that I've heard recently was that a leader needs to work on the business, not in the business. Uh, that fits exactly. That's exactly right. I, I totally agree with that, and I think that just sums up what we've been talking about. So we're setting some uh, goals, where we are now, where we want to be a year from now, five years from now. How does a leader boil that down and set metrics for success? How do I know that I've made it? <laughs> the one problem with it is, as a leader... You never make it. You never make it. <laughs> Cause you're always, All right, we'll hang up that question. Because <laughs> you're always looking out there five years in the future. And so, the, and that's one of the problems, too, though, Tom, is because people are in that, le- those good leaders, if they're always looking out there into the future, oftentimes they don't ever believe they ever really make it. The one thing they limit for their people is celebration. And so they have to recognize that although they are focused five, ten years out into the future, their people are not. And their people are, as typical humans, they love to celebrate success. And so you've got to set those metrics in some way and have maybe uh, a person on the staff that helps you with that process so that when you get to a milestone, at least in the eyes of your people, a major milestone should be celebrated. Because people love that. Because people love it, whether it's from the recognition standpoint, hey, we did it, we accomplished something, and we did it together, or however we made it here, this is wonderful. And so, you know, we celebrate milestones in our life, like birthdays or anniversaries or you name it, any number, graduations. And so we have to make sure that we take those celebrations to the workplace, too. And it's one of those problems for those very forward-thinking leaders. They're making great strides. They're making great successes. But they're always focused in the future, and at some points we've got to back that up and celebrate today. Probably a, uh, just a, a bit of an angle off of that thought. My my feeling is is that a leader needs to set some metrics for success. You know, how do I know that I'm achieving that I'm on this p- same pathway towards my one year, five year goal? And you know what? And that's exactly why I'm in the business that I am right now. Because part of the business that I do right now does involve some what 
people mostly know as executive coaching. I typically call it leadership coaching because that's the place I focus on. And that's where I help the people that I work with understand that, hey, look where you were then and look where you are now. Does that sound like success to you? And chances are they will, but they're, but sometimes it takes that uh, external look to get them to understand that, hey, we did talk about this way back when, however we measured it, whether it was revenue, whether it was profit margin, what, whatever measure we used in terms of being successful in some way, shape, or form, uh, you know, revenue per employee is a, is a great one that I love and work with. Whatever it is, whatever those metrics are that you're talking about, you have to go back to those periodically and make sure that you know where you were and where you are now. And frankly, how else do we reorient ourselves when we take these looks and these measurements periodically? But through these very, uh, most of the time they can be objective, but every once in a while you got to throw in some subjective metrics as well in terms of how does it how does it seem? How does the organization seem? Are people willing to uh, provide input? Are they naturally finding efficiencies? Are they, you name it, whatever it is, but you have to have some way, not totally objective, but some way to measure those pieces. So, yep, metrics is absolutely critical. I don't care which role you're in the, of the four that we've talked about just today. All four of those roles require some level of metrics so that we can measure because, like they say, if it gets measured, it typically gets done. And so that's great for our people, too, because it gives them an idea. Why do they? Why do we think they have these thermometers whenever the United Way does their drives every year of how close we are to our goal? You know, the closer we get, ah, it energizes people. And so measuring is a very critical part of that. One of the thoughts that we've been kind of pursuing here is the characteristics and maybe even the character of good leaderships and maybe some of the characteristics of bad leadership. But what do you do with a small business owner who is just trying to survive from day to day? How do you get him to recognize that leadership is the issue that he is really coping with, whether he recognizes it or not? And that's a great question. And I think it fits really well into that acronym that we talked about earlier because chances are the entrepreneur is a person that is really good at producing or providing product or service or a combination of the two. And unfortunately... He's not good at running the business. Not good at running the business. Has no ability to do that. Well, you know, and and some of those pieces, you got to have some way for that person to realize, hey, there is help available out there. And, you know, and you don't even, this is going to be horrible because it will take business away from me, <laughs> but you don't even have to necessarily hire somebody. There are likely organizations in your area that can help serve as support in many ways, shapes, and form, like the small business development centers that are in most communities. They have great things that you can go to for very little cost that give you that opportunity to figure out, hey, where I am and what should I be doing? Or you can join organizations whether that's your uh, chamber of commerce or there's an organization out there called Business to Business where business leaders get together and they discuss where they are and, and uh, in some manner, in shapes and forms and confidential ways, they discuss how they can do better. And I will tell you that we have had great success in getting people to understand, yeah, you're doing this great. You, you provide a wonderful product. 
But let's look at the turnover of your people. And there's another metric that a lot of people don't focus on. They just figure out, ah, the person was a slug. You know, they don't necessarily internalize that and realize, hey, you know what? Maybe if I would have just done, and then name whatever the problem is, that well, person... I could have been a better it. supervisor. It could have been a better leader, a better administrator, a better manager. Absolutely. What aspect did I fail on that drove these employees away from my company? That's right. Because, you know, you are driving employees away if you're not understanding that there is a way to do it and a way not to do it. And to just to do, just to try to provide a good product and a, a good service, eh, that's not enough. Ken, we're going to pause here for another brief word from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to wrap up our discussion about the process of improving our leadership skills. In the meantime, just a final reminder that if you want to contact Ken, you can visit our show page at TalkZone.com for all of his profile and contact information. You're listening to Your Competitive Advantage on the Mentoring Success Group Radio Network, exclusively on TalkZone.com. Now is the time of year to begin planning your outdoor expeditions for the coming summer season. While you're at it, don't forget to visit www.topsportsupplies.com. Whether you're planning an expedition in a wilderness area or an adventure to a remote corner of your backyard, Top Sport Supplies has over 19,000 tents, backpacks, apparel, binoculars, hunting equipment, camping, and outdoor gear in stock. Best of all, you can shop from the comfort and the convenience of your home or desk. TopSportSupplies.com. It's your adventure. Do you feel like your business is running you right into the ground? Do you always seem to have more questions than answers? Every month, the Business Performance Analysis Engine at www mentoringsuccessgroup.com asks you a series of detailed questions about every aspect of your business. Your answers are carefully calculated and compared against your competitors, and you get a confidential diagnostic report that shows you where your strengths are. Specific weaknesses and business issues are prioritized for you to focus on during the following month. We compare your performance to your peers and your competitors from around the world. And now, exclusively for our listening audience, you can get half off of our regular monthly subscription rate. Simply use the code RADIO when you sign up, and we'll take half off of the monthly subscription rate. www.mentoringsuccessgroup.com <laughs> 